Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. So, are you frustrated with the amount of information on the internet that's contradictory, unreliable, and misleading, especially when it comes to the topics surrounding sex, sexuality, and relationships? Are you looking for a credible source for information designed for adults that's informative, non-judgmental, and answers the questions that can change your sex life forever? Well, on today's show, we're going to find out all about a new resource for adult education that will open up dialogue and normalize conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. I can't wait. And we have a super special guest. She's been on our show before and she's got the sexiest voice in the world. But first, let's take a moment to talk about and introduce our top waterproof blanket because nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that proverbial wet spot like I was or having to change your sheets every time you have sex like Carol was, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak proof and it guarantees to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. Our top waterproof blanket will protect any play space from messy massage oils, silicone lube, or any other sexy wetness. Just throw it down and get it on. And the best thing is the easy cleanup. When you're done, you just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. You can order yours on Amazon today. Search top waterproof blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does and so does today's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and are so excited to welcome today's super special guest. So Dominic Carrezzos is the CEO and co-founder of Healthy Pleasure Collective and Entomology Institute. Recently featured in Forbes, Dominic is helping to shape the next generation of sex tech brands to enter the marketplace and has a true entrepreneurial passion for being part of the sex tech revolution oh my goodness dominic welcome to our show <laughs> once again hi carol and david thanks for having me on the show again we were just talking it's been we've known each other for a while so i'm always it's like coming home <laughs> oh, that's so nice to hear as you can hear from her accent dominic is calling in from london england we're always happy to have um, foreigners on our show and bring a different perspective to all of our discussions so thank you for taking the time all the way from london england Oh, thanks for having me. And can I just take a quick second and flip the attention for a minute? Because before the show started, and I know you can probably delete this bit, but I hope you don't. For the listeners that are listening and your regulars, you both did this lovely thing where you said, I love you and I love you. And you gave each other a kiss before the show started. And I have to say, I'm blushing all the way across the pond. (laughs) All because, you know, it is true. 
It is so lovely to engage with people and a brand that is authentic in what they promise. And that right there, that you didn't even realize I was listening, Mm. is the true reason why what you do and the information that you give to people and through your show has been growing over the course of the years is so important. And it was just also super, super cute (laughs) and sexy. (laughs) Well, I'm blushing now. do that. My partner won't go, I love you, I love you before going to a meeting. <laughs> no, that's so fun. Thanks so much. It for is. But you have been in this industry, not forever, but for, I think for the last number of years, um, you really have a passion about sexual health. I really, I want to know what started that passion that many years ago. I'd have to say, you know, yeah, I've been in it for about eight years. My curiosity, um, coming from business and brand and architecture, but always looking at the human element, the consumer. And about eight years ago, I found myself as a co-host on BBC Radio and simultaneously became a mum of a little girl. And I realized having spoken to people, and, and to be fair, I was the girl on radio who in England was prepared to say things like penis and vulva and pussy and cause a stir as to why people couldn't breastfeed in public. And the more I explored it, the more I realized that we culturally don't have a safe space for sexuality in our lives. And intrinsically, when it comes to pleasure, we do not understand the inherent value that it brings to our lives, be it mentally, physically, um, uh, biologically. We know so little about it. We learn so little about it. And we talk even less about it. And back then, we were doing, excuse my language, shit, we were doing nothing. (laughs) And so... um, I really sort of threw myself into working with leading brands, intimate brands. I left what people call a significant career, a a successful career. I call it for significance. Mm -hmm. And I started to dive deep in this world. I mean, it wasn't called sex tech, right? And um, I'm I'm going to say something controversial because I hate the terminology sex tech. I believe it was created um, to become, it was, it was, to make it digestible for pressed print and for people to read without it, it diluted the importance of sexuality. And while I appreciate technology has facilitated and continues to facilitate having better sexualities and better sexual lives, um, there is more to it than just sex and tech. And so I always talk about the trifecta between sex, health, and science. And and at Healthy Pleasure Collective, we are about sexual health and technology. Um, and I hope it, I, I think it's going to evolve. I think it's going to move on and people are going to talk about my sexuality or the importance of sexuality in my life. Um, and we just become less afraid to say the three letter word sex. Like we, like we can't say, you know, we won't be able to talk about sex without talking about technology in the future. But I really hope that we evolve from calling it sex tech. And the sex tech industry, it, it, which is now the terminology that's being used and you hope it's going to change in the future. But what does it actually encompass? Is it only the toys and the technology or is it much more than that? I believe it's it's the best of humanity and technology coming together so that we can halo and understand the importance of pleasure. 
you know, orgasms, they're a by they're a byproduct of pleasure. We can't we can't ignore the journey. You know, just like anything else in life, we talk about mindfulness, we talk about balanced living, we can't ignore the journey. And so sex tech is is everything that will add value to your sexuality and your sexual life and allow you to create a perception and therefore have a meaning for you in your life. Technology by definition is when we can do anything better. You know, and Peter Thiel said that, so that's that's not my quote. <laughs> but it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be, for example, um, an app that measures what the inside of my cervix looks like when I have an orgasm. And I don't believe most of us women actually want to know right. what the inside of our cervix looks like in a graph. We want to understand our sexuality. We want to we're hungry for information. We want to better and take ownership of that pleasure narrative. But technology does help help us do that. So it's so broad, it, it can go from anything from an AI robot called Harmony to um, a, a, a vibrator that bends to fit your body to even a fertility app that's on your Garmin watch, you know. Um, there is, there is, it could be a, a, a talk about how to touch yourself and how to masturbate better um, or masturbate for the first time. There really isn't um, any boundaries when it comes to innovation, be it technolo- technologically specific or otherwise, that can really enhance your experience. That's very well put. And I know your role in your company has a lot to do with getting some of these very important and new innovative items to the marketplace so people can actually buy them and use them and that they are you know, very successful products. And so y- you being a woman, I really feel that's a big role. Do you think there should be more women in the sex tech industry? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the history, categorically, women's se- women have been overlooked, right? But our sexual health, completely overlooked, undervalued, underestimated. And so, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, um, the idea of taking the time to invest in and consider solutions for menopause or for options for menstrual periods, they are not going to be spotlighted and invested by men who it's not malicious it's just they cannot relate much like there's premature ejaculation is something possibly i can't necessarily relate to on a day-to-day basis unless i've experienced it so the more women that are involved the more we bring our issues to light the more passion and dedication and commitment to finding solutions and innovations around all of these um cycles in our life people like to call them issues but they they're not issues because they've been there you know didn't just spring up menopause just didn't happen overnight (laughs) Uh, you know as is prenatal care or postnatal care or or anorgasmia or vaginismus or any of those issues so the more women we have i think the the stronger and the will fast track those innovations in finding solutions for us so that we can we can live a healthy balanced fulfilled sexual life Mm. because we have the right to right and and we should our our pleasure is just as equal now of course uh there is some uh, in the in this new sex tech industry of today's world there's absolutely some solutions for men's issues as well it's not only revolving around women's issues Absolutely. You can say it better. I mean, let's look at erectile dysfunction. We have, um, we actually have an e-learning drug coming out written by my partner, Dr. Maria, where erectile dysfunction is a woman's issue because 
again, society and cultural scripts has dictated that, um, you know, uh, and of course I'm generally speaking now, but a lot of um, value for a man is based on how hard, how hard is his, I'm allowed to say cock on the show, how yes. hard his cock is for <laughs> as lost as possible. Um, and this is the definition of him being a man, right? That's not the case. Just much like premature ejaculation, it's not a dysfunction. It doesn't have to be a, a societal construct that we are born and raised with. It's a belief system that we have imprinted on everybody. And and so we have to look at pleasure as an individual responsibility, whether we, irrespective of what sexuality that you assign yourself. So as a woman, I'm, I consider myself a woman and female, my pleasure is my responsibility. And until I take charge of that, it is it is unfair to expect on my partner, who considers himself male, to be the satisfier of all things. Mm-hmm. And likewise, he has to take responsibility for his pleasure narrative. So, um, yeah, I think they are—they do cross over. Given that we have been left out of, of history for quite a while, obviously we seem to we, – we take the spotlight for a moment. It's, it's our turn. It's our turn to catch <laughs> up anyways, to catch up with all the things that have been on the market for men, a men's pleasure for the longer, longer time. Exactly. And this by no means – I always try and express that this – you know, this um, – I don't believe – that humanity just woke up one morning hundreds of years ago and decided to leave maliciously half of humanity out <laughs> being of the human humanity was female but it wasn't considered and along the way when it's not considered and if you take a step back the amount of times i've made decisions and not considered how this affects female male or anything in any identity in between uh, I I don't get to I don't get to point fingers, but it's history repeating itself, and so history kind of needs to take needs to go on ice a little bit, and then we need to take perspective. And um, and by no means does that mean leaving out the rest of all other sexual identities. Oh, absolutely not. And as you had said, there like even today's day and age, we are now realizing and talking about all the other sexualities out there in between male and female, and which I think is a very good direction that we're going into, but it still has a lot of work to get to the place where we can respect and understand all of the sexualities. In a non-judgmental way. Sure. For sure. And also, I think um, we forget every now and then that it's not static. Our sexualities are quite dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to, to identify with one at a certain point of your life and then have that change mm-hmm. or experiment or explore. And like you said, David, it's carving that safe space in your life to explore and discover judgment-free because, you know, pleasure is innately the most deepest human pursuit that we that we have on this earth. And... Um, you know, we buy into the meditation and the breathing and the and the living a fulfilled life and balance and stress and all of that. Why wouldn't we want to buy into the art of pleasure, whatever that may look like for you, and all of its benefits, emotionally, physically, all of them. So we, I think also we tend to, we bite on a label, we tend to slap it on and then forget that we are allowed to take that label off yes. and try another one. Yes, absolutely. That's a very good point. Now, I know that you're, well, we're going to be getting into the Entomology Institute in the next segment, but why don't we start with talking about what you do in your company called the Healthy Pleasure Collective? 
Well, Healthy Pleasure Collective is the only agency dedicated to sexual health technology. And what does that mean? It means if you are a startup that you've created a solution for this space that's going to add value and meaning, and that can be anything from porn to AI to audio porn for women to an AI sex doll to a vibrator, whatever it looks like for you, you come to us either with a drawing on a napkin and we develop the whole product for you and take it to market, or you can come to us for communications, um, PR, distribution, sales. I work with a lot of brands and learning how to scale up uh, strategy work. We have a team in PR and communication, social media. So it is a full 360 agency, service agency, for sexual health products that sit within the space, and specifically startups, because by nature, most of all, all innovation is a startup. And so that requires having an agency or a team that's going to be super flexible and dial up when you need dialing up and dial down when you dial down, um, as opposed to maybe an agency taking huge retainers and then it's rather just specialized in one space. Mm-hmm. And and it's our promise. Our promise is to help bring the human uh, element to it, the human language, and help place those those solutions into, into the hands of people. That's cool. And, and so and- I'm very, very fortunate. Very fortunate to work with many brands across the world, discovering innovations I never dreamt even a year ago would be around. Mm. And um, it's got to be very exciting and cool for you um, with the um, PR that um, came out of CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas last year, about the world now embracing and allowing these um, sex tech or health tech companies to now promote their stuff to everybody and not just be niched into the small little events that went in the small corners of the world. Now they're getting the global spotlight as well. I mean, we're getting really excited about it. The fact that sexual sex tech, sexual health tech, all these solutions are now moving mainstream is very important. And I have to do a shout out for all of us in the space, including yourselves, that it's because of us, uh, you know, sort of chipping away and having these dialogues with retailers, with buyers, with investment companies, with bankers, with merchant payroll, each and every touch point so that we can explain to, to those categories that our category is as important as any other category, whether it's health, food, FMCG, I, you know, I... I have had many times where CEOs have walked me out the front door. Mm-hmm. I remember conversations with Boots many years ago. They did not want to know about menstrual cups. Today, Boots has an entire sexual wellness category. So Boots is Walgreens mm-hmm. in your equivalent. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we're talking, I'm talking to trend immersion rep- uh, companies where sexual wellness products like Velva masks are now included in beauty as part of our beauty habits, right? So it's come a long way. It is definitely moving fast. Is it moving fast fast enough? I would say no. And like like anything in business, we 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 come up against massive blockers. We just have to look at the digital social channels, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the Googles, the 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 Instagrams, where it's a very 
um, and I say this out loud, it's a very double standard iron fist that likes to say it's okay to talk about erectile dysfunction, but it's not okay to talk about a female vibrator mm-hmm. and pleasure. Yeah. And algorithms that are based on ignorance are like misogynist coffins. That That's where they put our, our businesses, you know, and so I we battle with this for our brands. We have to think very strategically on how do we get the messaging across so that we can make a positive impact in people's lives and not just be you know shut down on instagram so it's really important that mainstream retail allows a space for us to talk and to communicate and really nurture our customers or humans and their sexuality and so you know a huge thank you to everyone in this space because it is a collective effort um, we're, we're, no one sees us behind the, behind the scenes and it's all, you know, information like this where we get out to consumers or get out to, to people and they go, Oh, I heard about this. Why don't I have this option? Or I heard about this on David and Carol's show. Why can't I buy a menstrual cup? Why can't I buy a vibrator? When I when I order online my food or mm-hmm. my health and wellness products, yeah. so it's it's a huge huge importance um, that you don't always see until eventually you wake up and you walk into to you know maybe uh, what's your equivalent CVS yeah. and go hey I could pick up, I could pick up a clitoral sucking vibrator <laughs> Why amazing not? yeah absolutely <laughs> so so Dominic I'm just going to ask you to hold that thought for now as we remind everybody that we are Carol and David we are talking with Dominic Carrezzos from Healthy Pleasure Collective and the Entomology Institute and we're going to be right back after a word from our sponsor right wow this is a great discussion we're having with Dominic but first let's talk about Young Swingers Week. It's going to happen in March and as hot and sexy as Young Swingers is in March, we can't wait to experience this brand new event that they're putting together. It's an event for all ages from the same organizers as Young Swingers Week. So you can join us September 26th to October 3rd, 2020 at Hedonism Resorts in Jamaica for a full hotel takeover, couples only event, celebrating our passion for fitness, kink and arm candy all at the same time with the same top quality entertainment team as we see in Young Swingers Week in March and in July and we'll be experiencing all sorts of new events as well at the same time and it's something we're going to be looking forward to and hope that you can join us so that's September 26th October 3rd 2020 and we're going to be there broadcasting live we're going to be talking to some of the couples so if you want to be on our show, let us know at ask at carolandavid.com. And if you want more information about this or anything else, you can go to thesexylifestyle.com. All right, we are Carol and David. Now we're going to get back to our show with Dominic Carrezzos. Yeah, the co-founder of a Healthy Pleasure Collective, and we've been talking all sorts about what she's been doing in this sex tech industry and how it is evolving very, very, very quickly over the last few years. Maybe not as fast as we would like it to be, but it certainly is evolving. But now we're going to be talking about a new uh, concept that uh, Dominic has launched, uh, which is all about information and education surrounding this space. So we're going to be talking about the Entomology Institute. Okay, hang on, hang on. Let's make sure we know it's entomology. <laughs> and not entomology. Right, it's all about intimacy, the school of sexual wellness. Not bugs, right? Right, not bugs. (laughs) That's what we're doing. So Dominic, we're going to like just let you introduce it and tell us all about what's going on with the Entomology Institute. 
David, you won't be the first to type in Google entomology. Entomology comes up. It's not a problem. I do realize that the name is 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 made up. It is. Um, so Entomology Institute is the school of sexual wellness. And what we found is during working with all the brands and us beautiful humans and heartbeats, and you say it beautifully on your show, and I think it's why your show works so well, is in the world of digital age, two things. One is... Is there information out there for us to learn about our sexualities, irrespective of where we are in our life journey? And two, how do we know if it's credible? What is the source? And so a lot of the brands I work with, they have a a Pareto's law, 80-20, 80% is all content, 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 and 20% is some level of engagement with the product or the solution or the app or whatever. And so it started it struck me that actually as as humans we are so hungry for information that really the best benefit is when we have a conversation about it a dialogue a two-way dialogue where i i arrive and i find out information someone talks to me about information and then i get to ask questions i get to learn and i work away i walk away from that experience whether it's a talk whether it's an experience whether it's a retreat and i get to bring that meaning into or into my life's practice and hopefully that my I then have an enhanced experience as far as sexuality and pleasure is concerned. So entomology, this the school of sexual wellness is is a series of experiences. We have talks, we have retreats, we have workshops, we have one-to-one sessions where we source credible facilitators, whether it's doctors, therapists, scientists, thought leaders, um, porn stars, uh, really those that have invested and understand the space and can bring some, some learning to the table. It's kind of like school for adults. It's adult education. It's the university of sexuality. And we find that when we hold an experience, the content, the digital content or the e-learning book or the blog, it's a wonderful supplement, but people get the best out of actually arriving at an event and experiencing what that may sound like. So for example, we have a, We talk about pussy power, as in understanding your feminine power. We have things like sex and endometriosis, how to bring back the spark in a long-term relationship. We have a wonderful event that's called Sluts, Unicorns, and Other Fairy Tales, Mm -hmm. because slut-shaming is a social script, and how do we deal with that? We have... You, we have you, lovely, to that are coming to teach people how to uh, explore and integrate having a swinging lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle in their life. And it's a space that is judgment-free. It is a space that is dedicated to help you learn about your sexuality, whether you are a first-timer and you've just discovered where your clit is or how you've masturbated to you know what, I'm 65 years old and I've never taken the time to understand what sexuality means in my life and everything in between. And I have to say, we're pretty new. We started a couple months ago and the welcome has been extremely warm and and overwhelming, to be fair. So you have a physical building, a physical place where people can come and join and listen to your, your talks. 
Yes, yeah, so you can sign up and you can register for our talks. We have talks in London and Barcelona, and we are launching in New York uh, in, I think it's February or March next year. Um, and it's it's grown quite, quite yeah, I have a wonderful founding team. They all bring a lot to the table um, and are very experienced and do a lot of hard work in ensuring that every facilitator um, is inclusive, is positive, and is bringing really robust information and knowledge to whatever it is that they're talking about. And sometimes it's a panel talk and sometimes it's just a, a, a retreat. We have retreats too where it's in-depth somatic work, breath work, because along your sexuality, you know, it's, again, it's it's holistic. So for some, tantric sits in one bubble and for others, I'm just discovering what my vulva looks like having put a tampon in it for five years and never having a look in a mirror. So it really is to um, invite and embrace you uh, wherever you are in your sexual journey. Um, and we just find that when it's a one-to-one and it's a communicative information, because language is so such a powerful tool in our space, right? Um, and language, we know, it, it, it builds walls, breaks down wall, walls, it creates wars, um, and it is our internal dialogues that are often the core of us embracing our sexuality, whether that's how we feel about ourselves, whether it's uh, how we feel about our bodies, it's the belief systems or patterns that we've we've carried on through our culture or history or religion. So language is hugely powerful and it's, it's best imprinted when it's done live in an event. So they are events scattered around in certain spaces that are suited to what the talk is about. So Dom, I'm gonna ask you two questions. The first one is gonna be, those people out there who say, hey, me and my partner, we have a great sex life. We have sex four or five times a week. She comes five times. She gives me the most amazing blowjob. Our sex life is amazing. Why should they come to these workshops? I know what the answer is, but I want you to go out and explain to people who think they have a great sex life that it's, it's, there's always that learning to happen. I think it's the age old, we can always, we can always explore something else. Um, while others would may say you can always do better, this isn't the case when it comes with sexuality. Pleasure is is infinite and it can be explored from so many different <laughs> physically angles, but literally and 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 um, figuratively speaking, there's so much more to to explore. And you know, it's such a joyous environment and an occasion if you can come and learn something with an open mind and having considered something from a completely different uh, a different side so you know yes uh, you may have an orgasm five times maybe it's uh, a long one long slow intimate orgasm that you would like to experience maybe it's the art of touch maybe it's tantric maybe it's how do I communicate my lifestyle to my children because I want them to grow up understanding that they can carve that safe space in their lives. Um, there's there's always some element of, of trauma, whether it's a conversation, whether it's rape, whether it's, um, you know, a, abusive relationships, whatever it might be. We can always learn something about ourselves and take another level, another next level, next level pleasure, I suppose. So I invite everyone to, ca- to come. And, and a lot of our talks... Um, like I said, some are 
you know, to come to discuss maybe with yourselves, Carol and David, a talk about swinging lifestyle, that may not ever have been considered for a couple that has a really great sex life, but thinks, hey, this is something we've never considered. This is a lifestyle that might bring a different element, a completely different element to our to our relationship. Let's go and discover. Let's go and explore. It may not be for us at the end of the day, but you took the time to explore it. Great, great. Very, very well said. So my second question is, in those relationships where people have basically said, all right, you know what? Sex is just not going to happen. That's the way it is. We are, you know, in whatever stage of our life. And, you know, the majority of people, they get tired, they get bored, and sex fades away. And then all of a sudden, one day, one person thinks, you know what, I want to do something about it. You know, the option is, do I divorce the person and go find someone else who has a desire to learn about sex? Or... Do I talk to my partner about going to some of these entomology workshops and learn more? How would they bring up this discussion with their partner, which is always a hard discussion, saying, hey, you're not a good fuck. We're not having great sex. I want to do something about it. I would say that that conversation probably won't go down well. I think the first I think the first I think the first thing one has to consider is um you know, if you are in, if that's the scenario, and you're in a bad, re- in a relationship where you feel is stale, or you might be leaving because you you consider it bad sex. Maybe you want to take a step back and and consider investigating and learning for yourself first. And when you approach, uh, I'm no therapist by trade, but when you approach a relationship with open and honest and kind communication that says, "Hey, you know, I've noticed we haven't been intimate, or I really would like to be more intimate." and I'm considering learning more for myself, it would mean a lot if you came with me, you know, because we have to do, we have to consciously sexually raise ourselves first before we expect other people to do that for us. Mm -hmm. So this has to be as much as something that is important to you that you can then with kindness invite your partner to join. And I think when you approach something like that and you make it less about everything that's gone wrong or finger pointing and it's like, you know what, I want to have a new start. I want to look at this from a completely different perspective. I want to learn myself. I want to understand what have I contributed to getting us to this point. So I'm going to go and learn about, you know, ethical non-monogamy. I'm going to learn about, you know, you tell me, dear partner, that we, we have, you have endometriosis and this affects our relationship or we're coming up to menopause and this is something, it's as, mu- as much my issue as it is yours. Let's go learn more about it. Let's go understand what we can take into our relationship and make it a next step further. And then, you know, often at that point, people need to see a therapist to understand or rediscover their sexual mantra and what their sexual style is because often we find, you know, when you think about the first relationships the first six months, right? Everyone's flinging each other against the wall. We're all having what we think is really great sex. And then you kind of hit between six months and two years. All of a sudden, it's becoming a rhythmic a rhythm that maybe, oh, he's not making me come as much or she's not making me as horny as much or he, he him and him or her and her, whatever that looks like. But actually, nowhere along the relationship do two people say, hey, this is my sexual style. This is what I like. This is what I enjoy. This is what, these are the ons that turn me on and the offs that turn me off. So it's often when you start having this conversation right when there's problems, when in fact we can learn the art of having this communication 
and self-teaching and partner teaching right from early on. And this is what you come to, this is what you come to school for, Mm -hmm. is to learn these things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's to teach yourself sex manners (laughs) and then approach it with partner, partners or your lifestyle. And one of the things I want to point out is that so many people are already um, not, they don't even have the vocabulary to talk to their partners, never mind even to talk to themselves. They don't know the dialogue. They don't even know um, the language of talking about sex. And so sometimes they're ashamed or shy, I'll use the word shy, to even go to one of these uh, seminars. But I just want to tell everybody that everyone else in the room is in the same boat. They're all there to learn in a safe environment. And you don't have to worry that you might look silly or stupid or you don't know how to ask your proper questions. But just know that everyone else is in the same boat. Everyone's there to learn. And that's the whole point of it. And not be shy to go to these. If you really want to learn, it is a great space to be. I don't think I could have put it better. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, And this is one of the big gaping holes or crevices in our space is that people don't have the language. And that goes back to, you know, it is as brands, it is our moral duty to ethically um, afford language and nurture sexualities with the words that we use, with the teachings that we teach um, so that people can, can, resonate with that language rather than just giving them labels that they have to society is dictated and you couldn't have said it better it's really important for people to understand this is a this is a judgment free inclusive positive environment and space um we're not all running around naked yet there are, <laughs> are there are some there are some events for those and those are great events but for those who are starting off investigating and exploring their sexuality and pleasure um you know, you couldn't have any higher level of self-love and self-care by investing in your pleasure and taking ownership of what that narrative looks like in your life. Whether it's I'm monogamous and that's what I love and that's what I'm going to wear and that's what I'm going to live for now. Or, hey, you know what? I want to try it all and I, I, ju- I want to learn all about it and I'm going to try it and then I'm going to see what fits for me. Um, and I think... Self-care, self-love, and approaching it with a level of kindness. And also, it's that's why it's important our facilitators know how to hold that space for people. Very well yes, said. And, yes. and just before we get into our Great Sex Matters segment, I just want to talk to everybody about, you know, getting back to, hey, I got a great sex life. I really don't think I have anything to learn. You know, Carol and I have been swingers for 12 years. We travel to all the different lifestyle, open-minded, clothing, optional resorts that there are out there. And on so many of them, we just came off the Bliss Cruise, which had uh, 4,000 naked people on it. And at all these events, there are educators, very similar to what, you know, the Entomology Institute is going to be doing. This is a little bit more fun because you're on vacation. But Carol and I always go to different workshops to learn. And last summer, we went to one and we learned a little bit about kink. And we're not kinksters. Uh, We love Fifty Shades of Grey. It was a good movie. It represented uh, kink and BDSM in a very mild manner but we said hey you know we don't know about that and we went to a workshop and uh, we learned a little bit we got a couple of little toys we practiced a little bit Carol poked me in the eye but <laughs> by it, mistake by mistake <laughs> but it, it, it added a little bit of spice to our sex life which we go back to every once in a while um, which is a little bit different from swinging because kink doesn't necessarily involve other people but it added a little bit more spice to our sex life so I say to everybody like you were just saying Dominic, learn. 
take the time to invest in your pleasure. Yes, absolutely. So let's just take another break right here. I think it's going to fit perfect. I'm going to ask Dominic to hold her thought right here. And we're going to take a second to remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're having an amazing discussion with Dominic Caretzos from the Entomology Institute. And coming up right after this segment is Great Sex Matters. So you know how we're always talking about how to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny? Well, nothing does it better than a new sex toy. And our friends at adamandeve.com have tons of them. We actually have a few of them, including their stimulating and powerful wand and vibrator, which Carol actually used last night while she was watching me masturbate. We both got so turned on, and then I came all over her tits. It was so fucking hot. If you want to spice up your sex life, get 10 free gifts and 50% off almost any one item, then go to adamandeve.com and enter Sexy Life at checkout. Oh, and you get free shipping too. So spice up your sex life tonight with adamandeve.com. To see more details, you can also go to thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. And coming up next is our favorite part of the show. Great sex matters. And we all want better sex, right? And one of the biggest issues preventing people from getting there is that everyday stress. And we have with us Lynn and Jonam, founders of Amarita Awakening. So Jonam, how do people get to have better sex from following your program and workshops? Great question, Carol. So this is almost like taking a mini vacation. And it's all about taking that sensual journey into the depths of your own mind so that you can instantly relax and reconnect with yourself. And from there, you can connect far better with whoever you're sharing this intimate time with. And you can do all of this from the comfort of your own home. That's true. We created this as a tool so that you guys can be at home and learn to tune out the stresses and distractions of your workaday life and tune into the freedom that you really want to be here and to be present. Because when you're able to shut off that monkey mind, you know, the one that just chatters and chatters when you're trying to pay attention to something else, it stops you from being able to really de-stress. So with the Amrita Awakening series, you're able to be free and explore just how much pleasure you can feel. And honestly, we have found that there really is no upper limit. Lynn, Jonam, thank you so much. To learn more, go visit amritaexperience.com. That's A-M-R-I-T-A experience.com. All right, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So, Dominic, we've been having an amazing discussion about everything that you do with your Healthy Collective um, business, and now you're launching this new educational platform. But we want to learn a little bit about you and your uh, experience with sex and and uh, your upbringing, and, and what is your background and how it brought you to this stage of your life. So let's hear a little bit about your journey growing up. Did you have a... Did you have an open-minded family where you could ask sex-related questions to your parents while you were growing up? You know, I've been posed with this question quite a bit recently, and and so I had to think back. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I, I we didn't we weren't very open about sex-specific questions. But I tell you what, I am very grateful for, and what I learned from my Greek father. And that is um, the art of touch and affection and connectivity. And originally, I grew up in South Africa, um, and we, along the beach, we never had shoes on. 
we could afford them, but we never had them. <laughs> and so we were continuously connected to the earth and nature, which I think our environment and our context plays a huge part into how we how our souls are raised. And growing up, hugs and a kiss and a holding of a hand and my father being very affectionate to my mom was hugely important and being open. When it came to sex-specific related, I had a Greek father, people. Um, he sort of locked me up with a chastity belt until I was about 30. He probably would have. But it was – so on one side, it was very closed off, and that's not something we spoke about. But on the other side, subliminally, um, I was taught the art of something which I think we've lost the art of, and that is touch. Mm. You know, we're so afraid to touch. We're afraid to touch ourselves. We're afraid to touch our children or people. Um, and so that was a huge. Um, it was a. It was a. It played a huge part in my life, um, and made me very open to learning and discovering more. So yeah, I, I think I had quite a contradiction. But I'm very grateful for, for, for that part. So I can just assume that he taught you that good girls wait until they're married, that in generally you kind of learned that, that sex is not the thing you're supposed to be doing at 13 years old. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I, he, he was very clever because he, um, he got me involved in sports mm -hmm. permanently. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have time to even think about having a boyfriend. And I went to an all-girls school. And, um, but yes, my, my mom was a virgin when she was married to my dad. And um, in the beginning, he it was very much a, you know, you just you just don't have sex. You don't have sex while you're in school. You don't have sex until you get married or until you find a really good guy. Um, and it wasn't something you even spoke about or debated. This It wasn't even like it was a conversation. It was just an expectation. It was a cultural script that was wrapped around us and imprinted um, in our lives. And it was only when... I got a lot older and he got a lot older that he sat down and had a very candid conversation with me about his thought process and about the woman that he'd been with in his life and why he'd loved my mom and, and after 38 years why they were still having they were having great sex like mm -hmm. the first time he had met her mm -hmm. and I was old enough to digest having this conversation with my father um, but yes it was very and there was you know um, I, I, my father's passed and, and he, he is my hero, but there was slut shaming and I never knew that mm -hmm. until I was a lot older and I could figure out the language and went, Oh yeah, that happened mm -hmm. quite a bit actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that generation, uh, I must say whether it was right or wrong, it was just a part of the dialogue that happened during that generation. Uh, and I would, I actually tell you that I don't recall any specific discussion where my mother told me you don't you're not supposed to have sex before you're married but I know that was the general consensus and I'm not really sure where it came from but I'm sure from lots of points in my life not just the one uh, at my parents yeah I think we're we're given these scripts um, well uh, me growing up it was probably five or six at a time today kids are getting it from from all angles right mm -hmm. social media it's constant it's in their face um and it's i can imagine it's very confusing for most people but um and i think a lot of the decisions based is based out of fear my father was afraid you know uh 
afraid, you know, I'd fall pregnant or I was afraid mm-hmm. of doing this or afraid of what society may think or afraid of what everyone in the small town that I grew up would think, um, which is never a good idea to make decisions and never a good way to lead your life based out of fear because he didn't for anything else in his life. Right. But when it came to sex, when you're ignorant or when you don't know better, uh, fear takes over. Mm-hmm. And I think when we know better, we do better. So mm-hmm. we, we don't have an excuse these days. No, for sure not. So now you grew up obviously with this uh, very busy life in sports and at school and learning and all that. So when did you actually discover and learn your body and start masturbating? Do you have a recollection of when that began in, began in your life? I, I think I was very, very young. I was probably seven or eight, but I didn't know what it was until I was probably in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot like self-soothing and pleasure, no one was there to say, hey, it's totally okay to self-soothe. It's okay to touch your vulva, not your private parts, your vulva, <laughs> and find a time space in your bedroom. It's, you know, you can explore, and if you have any questions, come and ask me. So having a, a judgment-free, uh, supportive sex education, said no one ever in my generation probably, um, and few now, but it was till I was probably in my late 20s that I really understood, oh, there's this part of my life that's sort of been put on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You know, you focusing on your career, you're focusing on travel, I'm focusing on studying, on, on being thin or trying to stay pretty or, or all the things you're not supposed to be spending way too much waiting time on. And then there was this element where I had accidentally um, had an orgasm mm-hmm. and gone, oh, mm-hmm. there's this whole there's this whole part of my life that I haven't taken the time to explore. And really, it didn't start to dive deep into it until after I became a mum. Mm. So, you know, I, I knew it, I had it, I did it, but did I, was I connected to it? Was I um, attached to it? Did I understand? Did I attach meaning to it in my life? Not until I became a mother, huh, interestingly interesting. enough. No, interesting. Actually, for me, it, it happened really more like I had an accidental orgasm too when I was in my early 20s, and I had already been having sex for probably seven or eight years, which for me, sex meant you know pleasing the man, which was the way I was learned, I was taught, I guess, or I just intuitively it's what happened and I did have an accidental orgasm and I I knew that it was an orgasm at the time I wasn't shocked but I wasn't connected to it I didn't figure out how I could make it happen again I just was happy that it did happen and I was not connected to uh, my vulva at the time I did not masturbate at all and I didn't actually learn about my own sexuality until I met David which is 15 years ago so being a late bloomer is always a good thing as long as it happened I'm grateful for having met And and now you're a huge squirter and (laughs) you have multiple orgasms. And and it only gets better with every year, even going through menopause. I mean, we have a partnership and we work through it. So, yeah, I get it that uh, we all have a different journey that we've come to this point in our lives being in this, I'm going to say in this industry, because we are here in this knowledge-based part of the industry. Uh, And yeah, um, it was a long journey for me just to discover um, my own sexuality, but I'm certainly grateful for it. And, you know, it's... um I, as being a mum and my daughter, she's now eight. Um, I've already, we've already had this conversation and and continue to have this conversation because, like most things, sex education it's not a once-off dialogue. This is a continuous dialogue, whether it's with yourself or with your family member, or with you know with your partners. Um, 
And so she understands that that sensation is called pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I would love an opportunity to do my best as a parent that when she does experience an orgasm or pleasure as we know it for the first time, that it's the time that she's introduced to herself mm -hmm. and not because she's been pulled up for peer pressure or, um, you know, uh, yeah, peer pressure, whether it's her friends, whether it's her boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it might be, that she understands that pleasure is something she can provide to herself mm -hmm. and that she doesn't, mm -hmm. and it's, it makes her feel good and that she doesn't have to give it up for someone else just because that's what she thinks society asks of her. And that's a really, big message and, and in order to do that I need to continuously have this conversation with my daughter in little increments right for when her curiosity sp sort of peaks up and then mm -hmm. asks a question and then I take that opportunity to have that conversation because I, I, I it's wonderful that Carol you and I learned later on in life but imagine a life that she or our sons would would live if they understood healthy pleasure from from a an age with which they could then apply it to their lives and it could benefit their lives. Mm -hmm, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Now, Dom, I know um, in the last few years since we've met, your career, your life has expanded, but you have an amazing partner in your life. And I just wanted to know that, I wanted to learn a little bit more, that as your relationship with him has grown at the same time that your knowledge within the sex and healthy pleasure industry has grown, how has your sex life with him changed? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> um, probably because art, my art of communication has, has changed and it's really important to be with someone who, again, holds that safe space for you. My, my partner uh, is the one person on the world who does not want to be a spotlight, who does not want to be a center of attention. Um, he is open to listening and learning. He is my biggest supporter. He comes with me with, when I go and do talks and I do events. Um, and we, we, the only thing he requests is that um, every now and then he has to tap me on the knee and go, Inside voice. <laughs> because I love it. My voice is in the middle. We'll be in the middle of a shopping center and I'm having a conversation. I'm going, but this isn't the right. It's not about masturbation. It's about this. And it's about this. He's like, baby, inside voice. The, the, the loud voice, us personally, when we're behind or the inside voice, we're in the middle of the shopping center. But um, I'd like to think that um, we challenge each other, we expand each other's horizons, and like any. Uh, relationship or partnership it requires a conscious decision it's not a choice because choice you can still sit on the fence of something it's a decision it's I wake up and I look at my partner and I know that I want to take the time to invest in what we mean to each other and what our intimacy can look like whether it's whether it's kink whether it's it's uh cuddles whatever it is you you have to make the decision and when you make that decision and you approach it with kindness anything and everything is is open and 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 an opportunity and again nothing is static and boundaries and consent 
and communication is so important. And I do a, I do a lot of reading. Bless, I mean, he is subjected to, hey, here's a new toy. Can you go try it out? Let me know. Or <laughs> can we do this? Can we, can we try this out? I think we should try this out. Or I read an article. Or I get onto my feministic platform. Or I get onto my political rants. And he, he again, holds that safe space. And when your partner holds that safe space for you, you can only but go into an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm feeling just an incredible amount of love and respect right mm, absolutely. and so, freedom so a lot I, of freedom as we get to the end of our show and before we ask you for some final advice i'm going to ask you in the last year or two what is the fantasy or which boundaries have you and him pushed that you hadn't in the years previous i would say and this again is going to sound a bit odd for some because you would think it was a starting point I would, it was, it's around touch and around non-demand pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's something that we, that we have explored. So by non-demand pleasure is the art of touch and pleasure without expecting an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a lot to be said in breathwork, in connectivity, in spirituality, if that's your thing, which it's, it's ours, um, and in dismantling the belief systems that we bring to our relationships and your intimacy from the past. Touch and thought and openness without expectation can bring a can bring a powerful punch to a relationship intimately for us at least wow that's very very nice very nice to hear and uh, it's good because you're you still have a whole lifetime ahead to explore all sorts of new things but we're going to end our show as we usually do with some final advice and we're going to ask you dominic if you could uh, advise somebody where a couple could go to get some information today to help them push their boundaries even tonight what would you suggest would be a first step to take if they need more information um well there's really great content out there um entomology institute has a blog um and there's some really great brands out there that are doing a lot um so whether it's uh i'm just trying to think stateside brands like Kokanoo, which is an organic um, uh, lubricant, has really great content, especially around if you're around the menopause age and your relationship's taking uh, a bit of a dry spell, literally. You're <laughs> like welcome that. to go there. Brands like um, Mystery Vibe do a lot around um, do I need a vibrator? How, why do I need a vibrator? How do I invite a vibrator into our, our relationship? What do I say? What do I do? And what, what vibrator to buy? Um, there are really great sites. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, then I and you look at the sites that we follow, um, there's great menstrual period uh, brands for young um, for, for sort of menstrual cycle coming into your menstrual cycle. If you're wanting to learn about arousal and how to deal with arousal and masturbation um it's called there's also sexplain which is very very good um my hexel is a wonderful place to look if you've got premature ejaculation um there is a multitude of uh spaces that you can come and investigate depending on where you are in your journey um all i would say is don't just read one article like anything if you're going to search you know, I, I, I can't receive an orgasm. How do I receive? Instead of saying I can't have an orgasm, 
try and research and look up how do I have an orgasm? What is the best way for me to masturbate? Um, and read, read and, and understand that not everything you read is, is going to be deep enough. But continue to investigate, continue to reach out, continue to sign up to places where they can provide you with information. Um, there aren't, you know, this is a sad thing, there aren't a lot of places like the Entomology Institute, but there will be, and you just need to do a bit of homework and, and read. There's really great books. I'd highly recommend some books. Um, there is a Sex Mantra. There is The Pursuit of Pleasure. If you really want to understand about orgasms and your body, I cannot recommend enough uh, a book called um, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Um, the the Clitorati and if you've got young young girls and boys uh, in their teenage years maybe from about 13 upwards and you want to learn how to talk to them about sexting and sex and and body positivity there's a phenomenal book called Girl Up by Laura Bates Um, so there is content out there you just have to look for it beautiful and if you didn't get everything Dominic just said just go to thesexylifestyle.com we're going to have all of that up there next week now dom we've just gone through about an hour of show and knowing the person that you are you've been super humble and you have not mentioned your piece de resistance which is you've just been featured in forbes magazine why don't you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about how that happened and what you spoke about there well yes i mean i have to thank i have to thank my team for that because they made that happen but um i think the most important is you know a publication like forbes is is being is making aware that our category of sex tech or sexual health is important, and I think that's the real shout out for us is that we we we're out there and people are listening and people are reading that healthy pleasure, it, not just our company but healthy pleasure in their lives is important, and also spotlighting you know the important brands like yourselves that are bringing knowledge and information and why it's so important. So we we couldn't be more proud. Yes, it's absolutely amazing. So, and congratulations on that. Yeah, Dom, that was absolutely amazing. We know we are going to be doing lots of good, fun, sexy, healthy things with you in the future. Um, maybe we'll see you in the UK in the coming year. And we know we're going to see you in New York in April. February, March, or April, something like that. Um, just take a second now and tell everyone uh, where they can find you online, social media, the right website to go to. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Dominique Caretzos or Healthy Pleasure Collective or visit our website, healthypleasurecollective.com or sign up at the Entomology Institute and find out and register so we can let you know when David and Carol are coming to New York to give us a swingers event. Beautiful. Thank you, Dominic. Beautiful. Thank you, Dominic. And we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic guests, and we hope that you do too. So visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find out more about our expert guests. You can even contact them if you have questions about sex, sexuality, relationships, or anything in that field. And remember to sign up on stc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. Use promo code 303. 314 for the first month free. So check it out. And remember, 
One of our favorite places in the world to go to is Hedonism 2. It's clothing optional. It's in Jamaica. And we are going to be there May 9th to 16th, 2020, as we broadcast live from this, which is the world's most iconic adult playground, during Tantra Week with Brad and Kim, our good friends, featuring their brand and their workshops called Tantric Hearts. For more information about this trip or anything else, you can go visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and as always, send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. All righty, that's it for our show today. Another great one. Dominic, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And especially to all our listeners out there for listening every week. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 